Hey, thanks so much for checking out this episode of Golf Strategy School. Now, I know you're listening because you want to learn how to play better golf. But if you want to see how you compare to other golfers your age, you need to check out parforsuccess.com slash Griffin. That is par, the number four, success.com slash Griffin, G-R-I-F-F-I-N. And what it will do is it will actually give you a free assessment where you can see exactly how you measure up against other people your age. And you can see where you're excelling, where you need to focus your time on. And this is an assessment, honestly, that you can take once a month just to see how you're progressing throughout your golf journey. So again, check out parforsuccess.com slash Griffin to see how you measure up against other golfers your age. What's up, everybody? My name is Marty Griffin, and you are listening to Golf Strategy School, the only podcast dedicated for that 18-plus handicapper who's working on breaking through some of those milestone scores of either 100 or 90. Today's episode is brought to you by Superspeed Golf. If you're looking to hit the ball farther, check out my interview with Mike and Kyle, the inventors of Superspeed Golf, at golfstrategyschool.com slash superspeed, where they talk about the science behind overspeed training and how you can essentially trick your brain into getting 5 to 7% more club head speed out of your swing in just one session. Before we jump into today's episode, though, I've got to say what's up to Australia. I was checking my behind-the-scenes stats through my provider, and unbeknownst to me, you guys have made me the number two golf podcast in the entire country down there. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for sharing the podcast. I'm glad it's working out for you. And in today's episode, we are actually going to be talking about five of the kind of simplest hacks that we can use on the putting green to make ourselves more confident and more consistent putters. We all know that short game is the quickest place to improve. So let's jump in with these five hacks to improve your putting game. Let's get to it. Do you love to play golf? Do you wish you could be a more consistent and confident player? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Golf Strategy School podcast, where we discuss specific practice strategies used by some of the best golf instructors from around the world. Here's your host, Marty Griffin. All right, so these are kind of focused around really what those higher handicap golfers struggle with. Now, keep in mind, even if you're not a high handicap golfer, there are definitely some things in here that you can work on in your putting game to help you improve or at least kind of get some more confidence, some more feeling, some more touch sensitivity through your putter. So hack number one is really, let's just call it what it is. Lose the wrist. I see this all the time where people, especially when they're under pressure, they get real flippy with the wrists on those knee knockers, on those short clutch putts. They try to flip it. It almost like, like it turns into mini golf. Now, a wonderful kind of practice routine that we can use to build this out of your normal tendency is actually to take an extra golf ball and to put it between your right forearm and your grip. So the idea here is that you're going to have a little bit of pressure to hold that ball in place and that added pressure, just that slightest amount of pressure 
keeps you moving in one nice fluid kind of pendulum-esque piece. If you move your wrist, if you try to get handsy with that putt at all, that ball is going to drop out. You can do this really, really easily, and you, as you can tell, you obviously don't need to be on a putting green. This can be done in your living room. It can be done in a you know spare 15 minutes during your lunch break in your office. Wherever that time and that case may be for that little bit of practice, all you got to do is put a golf ball between essentially your right forearm and the grip of the putter. And again, the idea is that if we get handsy at all with that putt, the ball is going to fall out. So it forces us to make that smooth, solid stroke. All right, hack number two. Let's bring out the wedge. So this is another drill that kind of helps eliminate that wrist or that hand action. And what we're doing is we're actually going to putt with a wedge. And we're doing this because our contact area with that kind of leading blade edge of the wedge is so much smaller than with the actual putter. So if you can get used to putting with that front edge of the wedge, switching back to a putter is going to feel like trying to hit the first fairway at St. Andrews, which, by the way, is 142 yards wide. So keep in mind that making the putt when you're doing this practice is not the most important thing. We're just trying to develop a smooth, consistent roll, trying to hit that ball dead in the center, right at the equator of the ball with that leading edge of the wedge. Now, as a way to take this practice to the next level, I'd like you to try to hit some of those putts on the toe of the wedge and then on the heel of the wedge. This is part of the randomized practice that you've heard me talk about tons of times on this podcast. But by altering the heel-toe pattern, you're learning the feeling and the reaction of the club way quicker, and you then also retain it for a longer period of time. If, you want, if you're doing this on the heel and the toe and you're kind of getting used to what those two different contact points feel like, the next level, even beyond heel and toe, is to work on contacting the bottom half of the ball with your wedge stroke and then the top half of the ball with the wedge stroke by hitting it low on the ball it's going to pop up very similar to a chip shot by hitting it high on the ball it's going to make it bounce so it's going to push it down into the ground and then make it pop up and release again we're not trying to make our putts when we're doing all this different contact in different places what we want to be focused on is we want to be focused on what it feels like in our hands. Because, again, when we switch back to that putter, we are going to be able to tell a lot better where any misses occur if we're more in tune with what a toe shot feels like or what a high shot feels like. So by practicing with that wedge, you get that immediate tactile feedback way quicker and you can translate that into your putter because essentially using a putter is, well, too easy because it's hard to tell what's a toe, what's a heel shot on a putter. But by doing it with a wedge, you get that feedback a lot quicker and it really expedites that learning process. 
So, hack number three. We're going to let the toe close. Now, what I mean by this is the fact that when we look at a putting stroke, and research has shown this, that when golfers bring the club back, the toe of the club does open up just a little bit. So that putter face opens up, the toe moves a little bit further back than the heel, and then when you come through, through impact, the toe closes. Hopefully we're square when we reach impact. And then when you follow through, the toe actually leads the way and it is further ahead than the heel. What we want to avoid doing here is manually steering with our hands, trying to force the club to be square through the entire time. Even players who have a very straight back and straight through stroke do have a slight opening and closing of that putter face. So since the toe, if we think about kind of the mechanics of this and the physics behind it, since the toe is going on a wider path because it's opening and then closing throughout the stroke, that means it's going to be moving just ever so slightly faster than the middle and then the heel of the putter. So here's how you test to make sure that you're actually doing this correctly and you're not steering the club or the putter face with your hands. So I want you to pick a target, specifically a target that's not a cup, about 10 to 15 feet away. The easiest thing to do is just put down a tee. And then I want you to set up two golf balls. You're going to set up to hit two golf balls at the same time. I want one golf ball to be set up on the toe and one to be set up on the heel. And then you're just going to make your regular stroke. And the idea here is that if you're really true to that toe slightly opening and slightly closing throughout your stroke, you will see that the ball that's lined up on the toe should travel just a little bit farther than the ball that was lined up on the heel. If you're a person who really steers it with their hands, trying to kind of force and manipulate that club face square throughout your putting stroke, you might actually notice that the heel ball goes further. That's a big no-no. That's what we want to avoid. So that slight opening and slight closing is totally natural. It's supposed to happen. So you should see that ball on the toe go a little bit further. What I'd like to see you do is do like 10 of these repetitions. So just trying to roll the ball, both balls out there, And just get that one that's lined up on the toe to go just a little bit further than the one that was lined up on the heel. That'll let you know that you're doing it right. Okay, hack four. When it comes down to putting, we can have the best stroke in the world. We can hit every single target we want. But if we don't know where to aim, we're still SOL. So what we're talking about here is how to get better reads on your break. So I see this all too often where, you know, amateurs, especially high handicappers, they put their ball mark down, they crouch behind the ball, they line up the, you know, the word Titleist or TaylorMade or Strixon, whatever ball they're using. They line that up at the cup, which is totally fine. I think that part's a great idea. But then they read the putt from that same crouch position about, you know, an inch and a half behind the golf ball. They're like a chicken trying to incubate their golf ball. They're practically sitting on it. 
what happens here is you don't get a very good view. You're, you're too vertical on your putt. So I want you to imagine how hard it would be to see all the undulations of the ground if you're in an airplane looking down. If you're flying and you look down and you're trying to see these gentle rolling hills and valleys, it's nearly impossible because you're so darn high above them. It all just looks flat. So instead of being really, really close to the ball and reading the break, step back. I'm talking 15, 20 feet behind the ball. Then crouch down and read it. This is going to give you much more of a ground level view so you can get a better idea of how much that change in terrain is going to influence the break of the ball. Now, there might be some situations where I know I used to do this all the time. If I could walk off the edge of the green, you know, directly behind my ball, I'm going to naturally, usually naturally come down a hill because a lot of times greens are elevated to help with drainage. So if you look at the line of your putt, from just off the green where you can actually be kind of eye level with the ball. That's a great way to kind of maximize the surroundings that you have to give you that kind of Camilo Vijegas, Spider-Man practically laying on the green look at the putt. So that's a way to, to see what type of undulation and influence there is to kind of fine tune those reads. But hack five is actually something for people who struggle even figuring out which way the ball breaks. So hack five is the plumb bob. Now this one isn't, it's certainly not a sexy thing to do anymore. I'm sure you've all seen it done at one point, but the plumb bob is holding your putter between your thumb and your index finger at the grip and holding it very loosely. So it can just kind of sway back and forth and what you're doing here is you're, again, standing about 10 feet behind the ball. You're just trying to figure out which way the ball breaks. So the important part here is that we actually do this process with the pin in. Now, I know with the rule change, so there's no longer a penalty stroke for hitting the pin when you make your putt, that a lot more people are actually playing with the pin in. So this can be a way to help kind of expedite your green reading process. So doing that plumb bob, what you want to do is you want to be, again, like I said, 10, maybe 12 feet behind the ball. You're holding up that putter and you want, you want to stand essentially with the ball directly between your feet and your shoulders square to the cup. So you're facing directly at the cup. Your toes are pointing at the cup and the ball is essentially lined up between your feet. So you, when you hold the putter out, and that shaft is serving as your plumb line. What you want to do is you want to line it up so the ball and the hole are in that plumb line. Then, whichever side the pin is on, because the pin should be leaning just a little bit one way or the other. Whichever side the pin is on is the direction that the putt breaks. So this is almost a precursor to hack number four, where we're reading the fine-tuning, the fine-tuned break of the green. Hack five actually just kind of gets us started on our green reading process. So if you hold up that plumb line with your putter and you see that the ball and the hole and the pin are all 
straight up and down along each other, that means you have a straight putt. And if you ever, regardless of which of these hacks you're implementing, if you're ever struggling to read a specific putt, which way it might break, the best thing to do is just aim at the hole. Because especially if you're a higher handicap golfer, really what you need to be doing, your first and foremost goal when you get on the green should be preventing a three putt. That is one of the places where high handicap golfers lose the most strokes is three putting. So if you're not sure which way a putt breaks, just aim at the hole and make sure that you have a nice touch on that putt. And even if it does break, it's only going to break a little bit and it's going to leave you a really simple tap in. So that's all I have for you this week. Five really pretty easy putting hacks that you can put into practice to make you a more confident and consistent putter. I do want to mention, as I'm sure you notice, the episode numbers are climbing higher and higher. We are approaching episode 100. That's pretty awesome. I've been talking with Mike and Kyle from Superspeed, and they have agreed to give us two more Superspeed sets to give away. So stay tuned to the podcast. Make sure you subscribe. We're going to be doing another giveaway shortly. This giveaway is going to be a little bit bigger because... When I went to Scotland, I went and snagged some stuff for my next giveaway. So I've got some stuff from St. Andrews to toss in as well. Make sure you're on my email list. Make sure you have subscribed. That way you will be able to hear about this as soon as possible and get as many entries into this giveaway as possible. Until next time, everybody, I will catch you in the short grass. Cheers. All right, thanks for listening to this episode of Golf Strategy School. As always, if you want to keep it in the short grass, all you got to do is put those lessons into effect. And if you want to see exactly how you fare in terms of your physical performance to other golfers your age, head over to par4success.com slash griffin, and you'll be able to see exactly where you line up and match up with other golfers your age based off of this free performance assessment that Chris and his team has put together. Again, that's parforsuccess.com slash griffin to see exactly how well you line up against all their golfers your age. And I'll just drop a link to it in the show notes.